Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. And I've really enjoyed over the last month diving more into this podcast. Since I left the radio show, I've been able to focus a little bit more on topics, big topics on one podcast or one guest that can give you insight into the Illini or whatever topic it is. And I've enjoyed doing that a little bit more than the day-to-day grind of this happened last night, or this is the latest news, or this is the latest Big Ten rumor, right? Uh, I've enjoyed that part of it. Uh, I just feel like I can dive into it a little bit more. So while if you listen to my radio show, maybe you're not getting that, my reaction every day to every little piece of news, or if you're a White Sox fan and get to my reaction of all the White Sox stuff or all the NBA stuff that's going on, uh, I miss some of those things. Uh, But I do miss talking with some of my guests that I've had on the show. And this week, I'm going to talk to some people that I've talked to normally on the Jeremy Warner show over the years. And and I started today, I want to talk some Illini basketball. And and one of the guys I enjoyed covering uh, when he was at Illinois, and a guy I've really enjoyed getting to know is we're kind of always been in the same station of life. Of course, he's a world class athlete, and I'm not. But uh, we're both same age. Uh, We've both got married at a young age. We both have kids that are the exact same age. He's plus one on me. Uh, he's got three with a pair of twins. But Trent Meacham's a guy I've just really enjoyed getting to know. Uh, he's a guy I really love uh, picking the brain of when it comes to basketball things. And uh, I haven't talked to him uh, about Illinois basketball for six months. So uh, I was glad I got to catch up with him this week. And we had a lot to catch up about. First of all, one of his former teammates is now an NBA assistant coach. Uh, Brian Randall is now an assistant coach with the Phoenix Suns, and he's had a quick rise in the NBA. I catch up with Trent about that, what he thinks Brian, uh, why he thinks Brian will make a good coach in today's modern NBA. Also talk to him about the latest proposals for the NCAA tournament. Should we get one? Hopefully we'll get one. I I think we will. Uh, But the ACC and their proposal, which is a little crazy. Uh, but hey, it's 2020 and why not get a little crazy and, and creative with things? So talk to Trent Meacham about that. Uh, but of course, I had to talk to him and get his opinion about Illinois basketball returning what is now a top 10 preseason team. When we'll get the season start, we talk about that a little bit too. But I, I talked to him about just Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn coming back, what that means for the team, how it impacts the other players on the team, and just how good he thinks Illinois basketball will be the next time they lace up their sneakers. So coming up next, Trent Meacham, former Illini guard and longtime analyst for me on the Jeremy Warner Show. He joins us next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast, and uh, been a while since I've been able to catch up uh, with one of my guys. Covered him in college, and uh, he's been on the radio show with me the last couple of years. And figured I want to talk a little Illini hoops, and uh, this guy knows it well, and uh, always enjoy talking to him. It's Trent Meacham, former Illini basketball player. What's up, Trent? How you been, man? Jeremy, um, you know, tough times, crazy times, but I'm doing well. I'm very fortunate. It's it's good to reconnect too. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, I wanted to get your thoughts first, Trent, before we dive into Illinois. And I, I don't know if I've talked to you just uh, on here about, you know, Kofi and Io coming back and what Illinois basketball could look like when or if they play games. But uh, one of your former teammates and a guy I always loved chatting to, um, had a good career here at Illinois, and, and it was a highly touted guy, had a very good career overseas just like you as well. Uh, but Brian Randall, um, 
they just got into the kind of the NBA and coaching business. And what do you know? He's named to Monty uh, Williams' staff at uh, the Phoenix Suns. So Monty must think very, very highly of him. But what'd you think when you saw that Brian got that job? You know, I wasn't surprised. Brian is a good friend. He was a roommate of mine for two years at Illinois. And there's not a better guy out there than him. Just from a human standpoint, he is uh, just – he's one of the most loving, uh, loyal people that I know. Um, extremely uh, kind of understated, very, very wise just in life. And I'm not surprised to see him progress as a coach. You know, last I saw – I got with him a couple years ago. He was after, it was after his first year in the NBA world. He basically spent a year – in the video room. I mean, you're talking, he was working for, for Tibbs at their Minnesota at the time. And it's like, he's there till 1am. He's, you know, working on video. He's back in the office at 7am the next morning, if not earlier, just crunching, crunching games, stepping on the bat on, on the practice court to give them some simulate some defense and just grinding. And I know that was really tough for him. I know it was tough for his family. Um, it's way different from playing, but he, he did that. He got a step up last year. I think he enjoyed working with Ryan Saunders and, you know, he's, you know, from a human standpoint, he just great people, just, just a phenomenal person, great friend. And I think he has a temperament, especially in the NBA that I think they like from coaches, someone who just exudes poise and, and, and kind of isn't so caught up in the emotional stuff. I mean, you think, uh, the best coach is the pro level. That's Brian Randall. So um, I haven't spoke with him yet, uh, but I'm thrilled for him, and I think he's going to continue to do very well in the coaching world. So take me back, late 2000s, when you guys are, are roommates at, in Champaign. Did <laughs> did you think Brian was, was going to get into coaching? Because I, I guess when I think of you know guys who could become coaches, it's usually the more demonstrative outward leaders, vocal guys, right? And and Brian, I always enjoyed my conversations with him, but as you said, he's he, he's very um, analytical, which I think works in today's NBA. Um, so maybe the game evolved with him, Trent. Yeah, and I think if you look at the NBA, if you look at a lot of the successful coaches, you know, they're typically not the most emotional guys. I mean, you're you're not talking about a short college season. This you're playing over 100 games if you're advancing, and. Um, you know, whether that's a Steve Kerr or Brad Stevens and, you know, Eric Spolstra has always, I think, demonstrated a bit more on, on the uh, poise, I would say, side than the overly enthusiastic, you know, rah-rah recruiter that you kind of think of when you think of a college head coach in particular. But Brian, I, I don't think coaching was on his radar. In fact, when he got when he stepped away from playing, he was uh, getting into the ministry at a church in Chicago. Um, I know he loves the game. I know he viewed the game as a way to to really give back and, and build up young men. And he had an opportunity. And I think he – I don't think he would have stuck doing video for a whole lot longer. I mean, I know it was a big uh, – a real grind for him, but he learned a lot in that year. And uh, so I'm, I'm just thrilled for him because he's a great person, as I said. And, um, and I do think his qualities um, – lend well to the NBA game and just a calming presence. You know, when you think of, especially now, how young the league is and to have some guy that can relate, he's not too far removed from playing, mm -hmm. but he has, uh, he carry he carries himself in a way that just, uh, you have to respect him. And when he speaks, you know, it's, it's typically, there's some, some real value in there. So I can see him being fantastic in, uh, in those locker rooms as well as on the court.
Trent, how do you think his experiences, both a college player and a pro player, kind of impacted the coach he'll be? Yeah, for one, he went through a lot of injuries, and that gives you some empathy, some awareness to what, what guys can go through. Uh, was on some really, really good teams at Illinois. It was on some pretty bad teams at Illinois. So that gives you some diff- different experiences that I think can benefit him. And then as a, as a pro, you look at the NBA, they value uh, the international experience. And I think the, the international game and the, the NBA game are more similar than the college game. And some of the schemes, the spacing, the, the skill that you see internationally, I think that's really bled into the NBA. And so I think they, they value that. And I don't think – I think, in fact, a lot of teams really uh, appreciate someone had, with that experience. And Brian had a great career overseas, you know, was multiple-time defensive player of the year in Israel, played in the EuroLeague. So um, he's, he got a lot of very good experience. And I think when you package that with his college experience at Illinois – playing for a decade in Europe abroad at the highest level. Now he's got some NBA coaching experience. I mean, he's really developed a strong resume. Yeah, it was, it's awesome to see. You know, two of your teammates doing really well. Chester at Virginia Tech and now Brian in the NBA. That was a team of coaches there. <laughs> Who would have known? I mean, <laughs> I knew Chester was going to coach. Right. Uh, you know, he just he, – he was just all in on basketball. He loved helping guys get better. He was the biggest cheerleader as a teammate and – so I have no – I'm not surprised at all that he's done well and he'll continue to, to do well. Now, I didn't know Brian would coach, but he was a guy that you knew, hey, he's going to go into business, he's going to go into whatever. He's going to be successful just because he's such a high-character, high-integrity guy, and he's also very, very smart. Well, Trent Meacham, uh, we don't even have a football game, and it's September 9th as we're recording this, uh, but we're trying to find a way to get uh, basketball on the court, uh, likely around Thanksgiving seems the case. Uh, and we're, we're thinking about bubbles and non-conference bubbles and, and if they just go a full Big Ten season, if there's a, a, a non-conference schedule at all. Um, I, I know there's so many medical things we got to get answers to here, Trent, but what do you think is the best way forward of what a schedule could look like for the 2020-21 season? That's the toughest question you ever asked me, Jeremy. <laughs> Man. Uh, it's, it's, oh my goodness, it's so tough to, to predict and look ahead and dealing with, not dealing with professionals makes it all the more difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, the TBT, the tournament kind of gave us the initial blueprint of a a brief uh, bubble atmosphere, and, and that went very well. The NBA, what they're doing right now is uh, really proven that this can be done. And I, I think we're going to see a college basketball season in some form or fashion. I do. I don't think it's going to be canceled completely. I know Illinois fans uh, are banking on that because we're going to be pretty good this year. So, Jeremy, I really don't know. I could see um, – bubbles kind of popping up throughout the course of the year and bringing you know a number of teams together and you're able to test people in advance and and okay everybody's negative we can now meet in this quarantine environment maybe you get three or four games in uh you know a week period or even less and kind of knock out a good portion and can you do that you know throughout the course of the season maybe a handful of times and get you know somewhat of a season in i i kind of see something like that you know The individual conferences, I would think, would be able to develop some things uh, together that they could, you know, at least have the a good portion of your conference play done in that format. I think it's going to be very difficult to to travel. 
uh, and just kind of play one-offs uh, like we're used to. So I, I think they're going to be, in, in my eyes, my expectation would be bubbles kind of popping up throughout and uh, maybe you get three, four, five games within in during a, the course of a week or so. Um, so it'll, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, it's going to be – it's a bizarre year for – any in any industry for any person for any family in yeah. athletics are kind of at the forefront of that because you have people coming together you have travel you have physical contact um but i think something's going to happen i think uh i think there needs to be something to happen and, and i think it can be done in a safe way trent obviously this year whether it's baseball putting this together or the nba uh with their, their seating games and all that i've kind of said hey just have fun with this year and, and just realize it's an off year but when i see coach k and the acc coaches saying hey we're gonna have everybody in the ncaa tournament that's i think i drew the line at that like that that was the one thing i'm like oh well i don't know if i want everybody in the ncaa tournament um what, what do you think of that idea or, or what do you think about you know if we have 26 big 10 games there's going to be a pretty good team that's a couple games under 500. And do they get counted out of the NCAA tournament just because they couldn't show themselves in non-conference? Uh, it's obviously going to be different, Trent. But uh, what do you think of the ACC's deal? And what do you think about the – hopefully we get to the point where we can worry about NCAA tournament seating and all that. But uh, what do you think of that possibility? Come on, SIUE. You know, bring them all in, <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> Everybody gets you a know, notch on the NCAA tournament. Their drought's over. It's – <laughs> I will say just, you know, I, I think it's great that we're thinking outside the box and things have been done so well. Uh, we we got to think outside the box, but in within a bubble, if that makes sense, I guess, um, because things are going to have to be different. And I think to allow more teams in makes sense if you can do that. Now, the more teams you have, then that's more logistical <laughs> nightmares and, yeah. and potential uh, positives with COVID and, and all that. But uh being that it's it'll probably be an abbreviated regular season uh and who knows with a uh, potential positive test popping up here or there you know keep people missing games i think to allow more teams into it if that can be done i like it jeremy so i might be in disagreement with you <laughs> 350 but, uh, of them <laughs> to to make it happen in some way and how much fun would that would be if they could pull it off i mean that would be it would be um you know it'd be incredible and it would be yeah. such a a fun event you know this march madness is as good as it gets in sports in any um uh, sport around the world and to expand that for one year and kind of especially you know kind of on the, the heels of the year it's been yeah. uh i think that'd be pretty cool so jeremy if it could be done <laughs> And if the if the season is abbreviated, and if it could be done, I think it'd be fun, man. So I'm all for it. Okay, uh, I I I can understand you want more revenue, right? After missing an NCAA tournament of revenue, so I'm okay with increasing it a little bit. I just everybody in, I, I don't know, Trent. I feel like we need at least like a 500 record or something. Um, so like 120, so yeah, I, I can double the field. I don't know if I want to quadruple the field. Yeah, yeah, that and that might be better. Doubling doubling <laughs> the field, you know. But I think we would want to have a little bit more grace for the circumstances and give yeah. people the opportunity to either play their way in somehow or just say, hey, this is the NCAA tournament. We're starting it with, you know, 124 teams or whatever. Well, Trent Meacham, um, I don't think I've caught up with you since we did get some exciting news in the middle of this pandemic. And for Illini fans, it was uh, great news that 
not only you got one back, but you got both. Kofi Coburn and Io DeSumo back. And you've seen Illinois in the top 10 of, of these preseason polls. You've seen Illinois, I think, could be the Big Ten favorite, but at least most people have him as a legit Big Ten title contender. When you saw both those guys come back within a couple of days, Trent, what was your reaction? Top 10, if not top five. That was my reaction. Um, you know, both those guys are going to be two of the best, you know, 10 players or so in the country. Um, I think Kofi is in some ways more important to the team just because he's such a difference maker. I mean, you put him on the court and he just affects so much stuff on both ends of the floor uh, with his size and power. But then again, Io, especially with the plethora of talent we have in the backcourt, to have that alpha, which we'll have, might be the most important thing for this team. Because I, I think – because he's proven it, because he's done it, because he have, he has the experience, I think he'll be able to allow everybody else to kind of fall fill in their places. And if he wasn't there, we would really need one of these guys or a couple of these guys to step up in big ways, which I think they're capable of. And it's going to be fun to watch some of these young guys, some of these transfers develop. But to have Iowa as the alpha there in the backcourt is really important. And, man, it's going to be a fun season. You know, that's why we're just hoping it happens in some way because – there, I don't think there's been this much talent in the gym in a long, long time. I think there's more talent in the gym than there was in 04 or 05. I don't think there's a Darren Williams in there. I don't think we have a, a top five pick, an NBA All-Star. I don't know about that. But I think from one to 15, however many guys there are, I think there's more talent than, than you know, maybe in decades. How much improvement, because both these guys came back because it definitely wasn't a given that they'd be drafted, especially Kofi, uh, but Io could have could have risked it a little bit and decided to go. Um, how much do you think they can improve themselves, and how much do you think they can improve in this year? That's tough. I mean, Kofi has probably a higher ceiling, uh, although he's the type of player that isn't really in demand in the in the NBA world, but because he's so raw, because he has some physical, just natural strength and explosiveness, and I think even some quickness that, you know, he could really be a force at the next level, and he, he's still just very raw. So if he can tighten up his skills, if he can move his feet better laterally on defense, you know, he could, he could be on an NBA court, you know, next year. Uh, and for Io, you know, obviously we all talk about his shooting, which, you know, he's been a very streaky shooter, really hasn't proven himself as an effective long-range shooter. You watch the NBA now, and uh, if you can't shoot the three, it's tough to have a spot in that league unless you're really, really good. And for a guy that's 6'4", so like Iowa is, that's going to be difficult. But uh, I think he has a work ethic. I think he has some of the tools there to develop uh, him as a shooter. And he's proven, you know, he's taken big steps each year. And even throughout the course of the season, just in terms of you see him be a winner, you see him step up in clutch moments. But I'm also thinking uh, his playmaking ability, his ability to uh, use ball screens and get the rest of the team involved and not just a guy who's electric in the open court, but really good in the half court. So, uh, yeah, I expect him to make a big leap now. How that translates to NBA eyes, I don't know. Uh, but he's a basketball player, and I think he's going to have his shot at the next level, whether that's he's drafted or that's through the summer league or the G League. Um, and if he just keeps improving and his – I think his work ethic, I think his mentality can give him an edge because there's a lot of talented players, a lot of talented players. But 
he has something there in his attitude, in his determination that I think can set him apart that might not show up on the draft boards. But when you get into the guts of a game and he, and he continues to uh, compete at that level or get, a, get his foot in the door somehow, I think that'll, that'll show through and, and give him um, opportunities to stay, to make it, and then hopefully stick in the league. And Trent, when it comes to a team that has to deal with these expectations, of course, this team struggled early with, with those expectations last year. But to have a guy like Io, you said the word alpha, um, I, I have a lot of faith that he'll get this team to play up to those expectations. Do you have the same feeling? I do. And coming into last season, they hadn't done anything. So there were some expectations, there were some hopes, but they're coming off of how many games they win. I mean, they lost over 20 games a year before. So now they're coming off a year where, hey, we won tight games. We've proven ourselves that we can compete with anybody in the country now, they didn't do it in the biggest stage of the NCAA tournament. They didn't have that opportunity. But I think they will be coming into this next season of, hey, we're ready to go right now. And you have guys that they they have bigger ambitions. And I think that, that is, is great for them here at the college level because they're not satisfied. They want to keep improving. And I think that will bleed over to the young guys that, look, I'll, he didn't come back to just, you know, to, to play ball for another year. He came back to, to, to win. He came back to position himself in the NBA draft. And I think he's going to hold, hold his teammates accountable. And that's, you know, especially with everything going on, uh, that'll be important probably off the court in the locker room just as much as on the court. What are the biggest impacts, Trent, of those guys coming back on other guys? Like who, who is impacted most with Io coming back and with Kofi coming back? That's a great question. I think uh, potentially negatively, Andre Curbelo is just not going to have the ball in his hands as much. And I haven't seen him play enough or, or, or know him to understand exactly how that will affect him next season. But I think he was a guy that if he had the ball in his hands from day one, uh, just a little I've seen, a little I've heard talking to some people, I think he could have had a really good freshman season. And I still think he can. I just don't think he's going to have the reps, the the same level of opportunity that he would have had if I was still in the draft. But um, what will happen is all those guys, Andre, Adam Miller, uh, everybody will get to compete against Isle. They'll get to challenge each other. They're going to challenge out Isle. They're going to push each other. And that they'll all benefit because they're seeing a guy who works extremely hard. Uh, they can lean on a guy. And, and Isle is going to need some help. He's not going to do it all on his own for sure. And he's a good passer. He's a willing passer. So I think in the end, everybody will benefit. You know, I think those practices with, with Adam and Io matching up against each other, I think are going to be exciting. You know, the, the two uh, sit-outs from last year in, in, in Austin and, and Jacob, I mean, those guys have a lot of potential too. And it'll be interesting to see if one of those guys can break through. And you, know, you got DeMonte, who's a, who's a, uh, a dog on the defensive end. So uh, you have a, a lot of guys there, and I think, uh, you know, in the end, Io's leadership and his maturity and his, his drive hopefully will um, get those freshmen, those young guys, you know, it'll raise their level of uh, intensity and, and all that as they're practicing and, and preparing for the season. 
obviously Io DeSumo is the best player on this team, and he's he's the one that makes him a top ten team. But yeah, you said Kofi's probably the most important guy because they don't have another guy like him. Most teams don't, right? Like Illinois in its program's history might not have had a guy like Kofi Coburn. Um, but that also allows Georgie to just kind of be the backup five, right, and and not put huge expectations on him. Um, how much how much better do you think he can get? And, and what do you think about? what they'll have in that front court alongside Kofi. When Kofi leaves, yeah, it really changes the game. And that'll be an interesting thing, just thinking of how dominant he could be. But if there's foul trouble, if there's he tweaks his ankle or something, and then we're a different team. So uh, I do think it helps Georgie to not have the pressure and that he can just – can he do the little things? And he's not expected to be uh, a 15 points a game score. And can he just – can he bring energy – can he bring some of the intangibles? Uh, I think he needs to, to slow down a bit. And I think he's going to take another step this year. It'll be interesting to see how he shoots the ball because that really allows him to maybe play with Kofi more or be more effective or be more reliable if he can't stretch the floor. But that's a it's a huge if. You know, a lot of guys that shoot the ball pretty well in the summer, then you get into games and there's pressure, there's fatigue, there's different factors that can can affect that. But um, it'll, be, uh, it'll be really important that we can have some – Georgie, somebody step in there because uh, we're probably going to be playing four guards a lot. We're probably going to be in a small lineup a lot. Um, but I do think uh, just taking some of the pressure off Georgie uh, will be a good thing for them. Uh, one of the most fun things or the biggest controversy going into the season, Trent, among Illini fans, is what's your starting lineup? One, I want to ask you, <laughs> how important is the starting lineup? And two, what do you think the Illini starting lineup will be? Wow, I haven't even thought about that. Uh, starting lineup is important because you want to have a good start. That's that's yeah. a big part of the game. It's not as important as who finishes. Uh, not nearly as important, but um, in, in some senses it is important. And, and also, sometimes you don't want your top five players starting. You want to bring something different off the bench. So if if you have a bunch of – if you have a few guys that are go-to scorers, do you want to bring somebody that can maybe bring a pop off the bench in terms of scoring? So with Adam Miller, who maybe he's a – top five guy on the team, would you want to bring him in as, you know, Trent Frazier, Io DeSumo, one of them goes to the bench to bring some added energy and a scoring punch. So, uh, you know, I got to go with, uh, you know, the veterans. And I, I think the four that are uh, most likely going to be in there would be Trent, Io, DeMonte, and Kofi. Mm-hmm. And I see DeMonte at, the, at, a, at a stretch four. Uh, I, hopefully he's a stretch four, but I see him <laughs> as a small ball four. Um, but hopefully you can stretch the floor a bit. And then that, that fifth spot in my eyes, uh, I don't think it's going to be Curbelo. Um, I think it'll be either Adam Miller. Um, could it be Austin Hutcherson uh, or could it be Georgie playing big? I, I really don't know, Jeremy. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Adam Miller though, just because, uh, I think he's ready for it. And I think they're going to give him that chance. You mentioned Andre Curbelo and I agree with you. Like his role will decrease just, just his, how much he'll have the ball in his hands. I agree. I, I actually think Adam Miller um, might actually improve with, you know, somebody like Io around him because he's going to get so much less attention, right? And there's so much less pressure on him. But still, we know how talented is he is. I, I think being with Io for a year, even though maybe he planned on being Io's spot, um, I, I think it could really help what he does this year. I agree, and he can stretch the floor, so uh, he's not going to get the, the the best defender on the other team. And he's not going to be the focal point. He's going to be the third option at best. And, you know, you know, Trent Frazier can, you know, he's proven that he can be a big scorer. Now, 
we'll see how his senior year develops. But um, I would agree with that. I think uh, he, he doesn't maybe need the ball in his hands as much as Curbelo. And I'm kind of speculating. I, I don't know these guys as well as some of you do. Uh, but playing off the ball, Io's vision, uh, Kofi is being such a force inside. I think Adam's, Adam Miller is going to have some games where 20 points might, might come fairly easy even. It's pretty amazing, Trent. Before I let you go, uh, Illinois, we're sitting there thinking, yeah, they might be better at Michigan State this year. Maybe they can push Iowa with Iowa's maybe best team ever right coming back. Uh, it's a pretty awesome thing to see. So hopefully we do see uh, Illinois in, in college basketball play this year. But how do you think they stack up against the Michigan States, the Wisconsins, and Iowa? I think we're better than any of them. I really do. Uh, Iowa's going to be very good. You know Michigan State's going to be good. Uh, I think we have uh, just talent, more talent than any of those teams. I think maybe more uh, better athletes. Uh, we have a mixture of experience and some really promising young players. So it's just, it's just really exciting for Illini fans. I think what Coach Underwood has done and his staff has been exceptional in just a few years and what they've developed and in, in, a, in a mixture of that young and old and being able to recruit from literally all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just takes the pressure off the state of Illinois and Chicago. So, um, yeah, the future's bright, and hopefully we can start realizing that this upcoming season. Great stuff as always, Trent Meacham, former Illini. Trent, you're the goods man. Hope the family's well. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jeremy. Let's do it again before six months, all right? <laughs> Will do. I always enjoy catching up with Trent Meacham, and uh, in a podcast later this week, I'm going to catch up with another one of my guys, Jay Lehman. We'll talk some Illinois football, Big Ten football, get his thoughts on not working games right now. I mean, he's one of the guys that is impacted um, financially by this, just as we all are with there being no sports. Uh, I'll talk to Jay uh, about no Big Ten season, what he thinks about when the Big Ten could come back, and and how Illinois will fare uh, once they get back on the field. So that'll come up later this week as well, so be on the lookout for that. As always, we appreciate listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast, and don't forget, Thursday is the last day, Thursday, September 10th, to get two months of VIP access to Illini Enquirer for just $1. Just $1. So if you ever want to try us out and be like, what? Is it really worth it? Is it really worth a VIP membership to Illini Enquirer? Derek Piper left a nice basketball nugget on the board the other day. You want to check that out. It's worth a buck admission itself. Um, check that out. $1 for two months. Give us a try. I, I think most of you will like it. I know most of you will like it. Uh, for the content we've gotten out there, basketball, football, the football recruiting stuff I got last week in Florida, I, I think those stories are worth a dollar in itself. Uh, so try it out. Uh, try us out, and uh, I think you'll like what you see, and hopefully you stick around with us. But if not, just just take advantage of the deal. Two months for a dollar, uh, and you can get in on that. So don't miss out. That's the last day is Thursday. You got till 11 o'clock Central Time to sign up for that. If you don't already, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast podcast rate us review us we always appreciate that it definitely helps us out as well everybody take care of yourselves take care of each other and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast